to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for joining us here on the program. Uh, we're going to uh, dive into an area I think you're going to find rather interesting. I know I am because we're going to get some explanations here. We deserve to know what the truth is, okay? Uh, why, mo why most of what you think you know about twin flames isn't true and how understanding the truth is the key to being with your twin flame in this lifetime. I'm not sure if, any, if, if this is even close to similar. Uh, what, if you've seen the movie, if you've seen the movie The Butcher's Wife, uh, I think uh, you'll, you'll also understand there's another term, and I'm not sure if it's the same here. We'll find out about split apart being the split apart, and we'll find out about that with our guest, uh, El Hari. Welcome to the program today. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So uh, that's kind of my first question. What is the difference between all of these different terms when it comes to all of the different relationships that we find ourselves in? You have the twin flame. There's the soulmate. There's the split apart, as I mentioned, and there are other terms as well. Uh, maybe let's go ahead and just define what is a, a twin flame? Okay, so twin flames are two people that share the same soul. So it's one soul and two bodies. Everyone has and is a twin flame. It's actually how we're created because we are all souls. That's what we are at our core, at our essence. We aren't our physical bodies. And as souls, we're energy. And um, the soul originates in 5D, the fifth dimension. But in order to incarnate here, when we're born into the third dimension, the soul needs to assimilate energetically into the energetic paradigm of the third dimension, which is different than that of the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension, everything just is. And the third dimension is one of opposites and duality. So we have up and down, hot and cold, in and out, light and dark, good and bad, things like that. Everything's an opposite. It's duality. So the soul, in order to incarnate here, it needs to assimilate in to an um, energetic paradigm of duality. So it needs to make two opposites of itself. One is in one one twin flame's physical body and the other opposite is within the, the physical body of the other twin flame. And in energetic terms, opposites are called polarities. So one twin flame is one polarity of the soul and the other twin flame is the other polarity of the soul. So the word split apart might fit? I've not, I've not seen that movie and I'm not familiar with that term at all. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't, well, I don't well, know. What... All right. Then we won't go down that road. Uh, but it's, it, it is interesting. Um, so, so why? I mean, you, you gave us a wonderful explanation there, and I think I understand it. But why would a soul split into two separate physical bodies? Well, the soul doesn't split. It's an energetic field or a wave, you know, a frequency, an energetic frequency, so to speak, if you, however you want to look at it, mm -hmm. but it's energy. So it doesn't split apart. Okay. Um, you know, you can't really break energy or split it apart. Okay. But while it's, it, I say it dips down from the fifth dimension into the third dimension, when it incarnates here into the third dimension, um, it just needs to do so within two different, it needs to make two opposites of itself, two polarities of itself. And so one needs to be in one physical body, one is in the other physical body of the twin flame, but there's still, it's not split apart. There's still okay. always one, one energetic field. Okay. Uh, why, and I, again, um, uh, all 
all that we do on this program is done uh, with a great deal of respect, but why should we care? I mean, wh- why, why is this important that we should be aware of? Of this, uh, I mean, you talked, you know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the truth that, that we don't really know the truth about uh, the twin flame, uh, uh, which is, as you've described uh, in the spirit world, it's a single soul that when coming here inhabits two separate bodies. It almost makes me think the soul is too big to fit in one. <laughs> The soul, the soul is infinite in every direction, so it's too big to even fit on, you know, in the right, universe. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. So the ultimate reason why our souls incarnate here in every lifetime is to eventually reach what is called ascension. And ascension is when the soul, which is love energy, um, will actually you know, well, essentially, okay, the soul has to learn about itself in every lifetime. That's why it incarnates here into the third dimension, because the third dimension is the one of the duality and the opposites. And that's how, how we learn, right? So if you have something, if if my hand is up, well, we don't know if it's up or down right now, unless we know what up is or down is, right? So you need opposites in order to learn what things are. We learn a lot of what things are by what they're not. And so the twin flame journey is actually, it's a way for you to learn about yourself on the the deepest level, because the twin flame, the, the polarized opposite twin flame shows parts of yourself to the other twin flame um, that they otherwise wouldn't see and that they're meant to see in order to advance along the journey. Because the journey starts off very painful, but in order to overcome that pain um, and in order to then be with your twin flame physically, if you should want a physical relationship with your twin flame, um, that energy, that part of yourself, which is the polarized energy, it's fear-based. It needs to be alchemized and transmuted into love. And so that's really the part of the twin flame. That's the point of the twin flame journey. And that's what ascension actually is, is when we will transmute all of our fear-based energy that we have regarding not just our twin flames and ourselves, but regarding everything and everyone around us in our lifetimes, we can transmute all of that fear into love. And that would be ascension. And that's actually the ultimate reason why we even incarnate here at all to begin with is to eventually reach spiritual ascension. What happens at spiritual ascension? Well, you're completely fearless. There's no, um, there's no fear and fear encompasses so many things. It's not, I don't mean you're, you feel afraid or, or, you know, scared of something fear by nice. When I say fear, I mean, just the energy of the physical world of the 3d it's fear. All duality is fear. Um, and so fear, first of all, it's duality. So it makes you, it gives the illusion or the impression that we're separated from everything around us and everyone around us. And that's not the case. In fact, if we take like, like a bird's eye view of the planet and we just look at it on an energetic level, it will look like a matrix or spider web with everyone's energy inter- intermingling and inter- inter- and sorry, reacting with everyone else's energy. So it looks like one big spider web of energy. So we're all interconnected with everyone through energy, first of all. Um, so when we reach ascension, we're not going to have a sense of duality because we won't have a sense of fear. So we'll have the sense, we'll actually feel and, and resonate with the, with the truth of being connected with everything and everyone. So that's one thing that happens. Another thing that happens is we will no longer be attached, though, to physical things or physical 
people. Um, and the attachment is also fear-based energy. So whenever we're attached to something, and this comes in the form of, um, you know, when we're heartbroken and we break up with someone because we can't get over somebody or grieving the loss of a loved one when they die, or, you know, um, being attached to physical things, um, you know, where it's, we want to hold on to things that we have and we're scared to, we're going to lose them or to, to give them away or something. That's all fear. That's attachment. There's actually part of Buddhism, a tenet called detachment, which is teaches, you know, you not to be attached, try to lose the attachment to the physical world and your surroundings. At Ascension, we'll have no more attachment to anything, anyone, and including our own physical bodies. We'll have very, very, um, very little small need for even food or water at that point, because we won't be, we won't have an attachment to a physical body anymore hmm. if that right so we won't be uh, at that point there is no need for us to continue to reincarnate right, right. that's the end of it. right so at what level are the avatars or gurus or masters and so forth uh are they not ascended or are they still working on stuff in spite of the fact that they have reached such a high level of what shall we say, awareness and or understanding? Well, it depends. So if they're here physically on earth, then they have not reached ascension yet. No one on earth right now has, has reached ascension as of yet. However, there is a, a grouping of, of souls, I would say, who are considered the ascended masters. That's their name. And they have reached ascension. They are, they are Jesus, Buddha, Confucius, um, the archangels are amongst them. The whole Mayan civilization apparently <laughs> is amongst them. Um, so there are souls that have reached ascension who had been here previously, and they no longer incarnate here because they've reached ascension. Hmm. So what are some of the fallacies or uh, false beliefs in Twin Flames and then their counterparts, the truth? Can you, can you elucidate on some of those? <laughs> Sure. Um, first of all, I guess the main fallacy is that Twin Flames is about, you know, some romantic notion. It's supposed to be just about this, this romantic relationship you have with, you know, your divine counterpart or whatever. And while that's usually the catalyst and it can definitely happen um, once you do the work, the point of it is doing this work of alchemizing and balancing. We call it the fear-based energy that your Twin Flames shows to you. And that's, that's how you really love yourself. So that's, that's probably the first um, myth that's, you know, really prevalent out there about what twin flames really are. Um, another one would be the myth that, um, you know, that twin flames are the same as soulmates. They're, they're not, they're com two completely different things. Like I said before, the twin flame is two bodies, one soul. It's the person you share your soul with. Soulmate is just like it implies. It's a mate of your soul. So it's another being who resonates with your soul, but it's another soul. So every living thing has a soul. And there's so, because of that, there's varying degrees of soulmates. There's the typical connotation where, you know, it's a romantic partner or lover, but then there's also family members are soulmates, friends are soulmates, coworkers are soulmates, neighbors are soulmates, even our pets and animals can be soulmates. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, one of the other aspects of connectedness that I'm aware of that I'd like to talk a little bit about 
uh, has to do with uh, what they call familiars, and usually those are animals to humans. Uh, is that something we can discuss with you? We can. I'm, I'm not. That's not my area of expertise at all. But sure, we, I'm open to discuss whatever you'd like. Okay, uh, <laughs> we'll do that as we continue talking with El Hari, uh, and we're talking about uh, Twin Flames Exposed here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I am glad that you are with us. I'm glad Ella's with us here as well. Um, where would people go uh, to find out more about you, the work you're doing, uh, to uh, educate themselves about what a real twin flame? Uh, is in this world, and uh, if there is anything that needs to be done in that respect regarding a twin flame. Sure. Um, they, first place would be our website, bewithyourtwinflame.com. We have a, a bunch of educational videos and articles on there just to basically um, educate what's going on. After that, if they want to get more in detail, more depth, we have a very um, active, content-rich YouTube channel. That's Be With Your Twin Flame. And also, we have a podcast, Twin Flame Truth. So any of the places would be helpful. Yeah. So um, we're talking about, uh, in this world, a connection between two beings. Okay, I'll keep it as generic as I can, uh, because it can be uh, a human and an animal. Uh, correct? Is that right? A twin flame? A twin flame. Is that, or is it just human to human? No, they're just human. Okay. They're just human. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but, soulmate, but soulmate, that's what you, that's right. And, and, and so that's the, 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 so maybe that's where the, the concept familial came from or familiar, I guess it is, uh, where you have an animal. Um, I know that, you know, within the context of, uh, I don't know, uh, being a witch, a witch has a familiar, usually it's a black cat. That's the stereotype, but that's not always the case. I, I know some who have dogs. You know, or other animals, uh, other colored, different colored cats, not black necessarily. And somehow they are connected. Um, let's talk a little bit about, not so much familiars, but let's talk about this connection uh, amongst souls. Um, I'm, are you familiar at all with uh, this concept of life between lives, LBL? Not really, no. All right. Well, it's it's that period. I know it. But I just don't know the word that that terminology right. for it. Uh, it's it's that space between one lifetime and then the reincarnation into another. Okay. You know, where we're some would say in limbo, but it's actually where you you know you take a little rest. You know, you you kind of catch up with uh, your cluster of people that you've associated with. You do a life review, that kind of thing. I even found out there are even classes that you can take, you know, to continue your education before you come back into this world in a, in a new body. And it's just fascinating to me. Um, what about the connections that we make along the various lifetimes? Um, they would never, they would not be twin flame relationships because as you said, it's a, it's a soul that, that and is it a decision they make to, and to do that uh, to inhabit two separate uh, physical bodies, uh, or is it just something that happens? Um, who the twin flames? The twin or? flames. That's a that's a decision the soul makes to right. to occupy two different. That's part of their what their contract before they come here. Yeah, well, I mean, the soul would have a contract with other souls, right? You know, soulmates and stuff, um, and soul families, things of that nature, but. Um, 
the twin flames don't have to have a contract with itself because it's one soul. So the soul doesn't right. have, to have a contract with itself. The soul just, you know, right. just knows what it's doing. So you yeah. could have you could have the two bodies on opposite sides of the earth, literally. Yeah, very commonly, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and, uh, are you aware, uh, that these, these twin flames, uh, are you aware of them coming together at some point in their lifetime in, in a specific lifetime? Uh, and what would be the dynamic in that kind of a relationship? Well, um, yeah, so twin flames have crossed paths with each other in every lifetime. Um, we all have an our twin flame and we've crossed paths with our twin flame in every lifetime, including this one. It's just the level of human consciousness now has risen so much that people are starting to, um, to embark on the twin flame journey. So there's millions, there's billions of people out there who are probably already married to their twin flames, living next door to their twin flames, working with their twin flames, grew up with their twin flames, but they don't know their twin flames because they haven't yet embarked on the twin flame journey. And that's fine and perfect. It doesn't matter what, what the label is, what name we give it. You know, um, the only reason why it even needs a label at all when people are on the journey is that so people, because the journey is very confusing and painful um, at first, at least, you know, for people to understand, you know, what this is that they're experiencing. That's why we, we call it, we, you know, we need to label it. That's the twin flame journey. But otherwise, if, if no one's on the journey, it really doesn't matter, you know if it's even called twin flames or not, Hmm. because it would just be like relating with anybody else until the journey starts. Right. I see. Okay. How did you become interested in this, this, um, I'm not sure what word to use this because it's not a philosophy. I mean, this is something that, what was this brought to you through meditation, your inner voice, uh, and, and, and how did you become so fascinated by this? And you began to see a lot of the uh, false statements, if you will, or untruths, however you want to phrase that, uh, in regards to uh, Twin Flames. Yeah, well, it came to me because I was unwillingly, unintentionally thrust on the journey. I found myself on the journey one day very painful on the floor for, and it lasted for six months. I couldn't function. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't recognize myself anymore. There was so much pain. I couldn't focus on anything, but my twin flame, you know, who had left me, who had ghosted me, blocked me. And um, at that time, that was eight years ago. And I'd actually uh, consulted in 13 different spiritual advisors, psychics, witches, voodoo mambo, anyone to please help me first of all first you know i was obsessed with him because that's what the that's what the energy does it makes the one twin flame obsessed with the other i couldn't focus on anything but him so first i wanted to just have someone like cast a spell and bring him back to me or something right um but then it got to the point where i it was just driving me crazy all these obsessive thoughts and the pain and i just i wanted someone to cut the cord try to do that they couldn't understand why they couldn't cut the cord but through all of this none of those people not one of them mentioned twin flames this was 8 years ago in spiritual circles twin flames wasn't even a thing really for them until 6 months in the 13th psychic i had consulted i called into a psychic call line and she mentioned twin flames first i had heard of it so i googled twin flames up pops two entries on Google. And one of them was this lady in Australia who I, I quick clicked on her, paid her money over her website to get a session with her that night. And um, 
after six months of just complete devastation and, and being shattered on the floor um, in two weeks, I was functional again. In a month, I was happy. I was able to just, you know, enjoy myself again and, and be the mom I was supposed to be, be the lawyer that I was. And within three months, my twin flame was blowing up my phone again and came back in. Um, and she saved my life. Her name was Leora and she saved my life. And so I still worked with her even, even after, you know, the twin flame stuff was pretty good. I still continued to work with her, um, you know, just to learn about it. And that's how I learned more about the, the overall ascension process and stuff. And I'm really glad I did because two years after I started working with her, she passed on and I realized that the world would be, you know, other people must be going through this and be left with without the benefit of her teaching. So what I did was I just wrote my book, Twin Flames Exposed. I published it onto Amazon and all these people just found me and kept asking me to please help them, please help them. And they were going through the same thing. And so then I started helping and then it grew and grew and grew. <laughs> and here I am. But that, it wasn't by, um, I didn't go looking to try to understand, you know, find out about it. I was thrust into it. Mm. But that almost seems counter to uh, sort of the universe in that, um, I mean, was that part of your contract that you would be thrust into something? Because, uh, you know, I thought we kind of had free will uh, to carry out and go to and do the things and so forth. And, uh, and it seems like that wasn't the case here. You didn't have any choice. No, the soul is orchestrating everything. So our will comes really from our soul. Now we do have, you know, free will to make like everyday choices, which we go right or left, stuff like that, right? But the free will of our mind is is limited because our mind is limited. Our soul is most powerful energy that exists and it's orchestrating everything. Like we talked before, the soul has a plan. It has a destiny for us, a contract for us, mm -hmm. so to speak, before we even incarnate here. And the whole reason we incarnate here is for the soul to learn lessons. And it does that through um, the planned events that it has planned for us throughout each lifetime. And, you know, the soul, the twin flame journey is really the soul just, it, just waking you up being like, Hey, here I am, you know, it's time for you to get to know me and look and love me. This is who you are. And, you know, you're miraculous and perfect and powerful. And the soul energy is just love. It's love energy and it's beautiful. It's everything you desire. And, you know, so it's really a beautiful journey. I make it sound awful because in the beginning it was just so painful for me and, and so confusing. And I didn't know what was going on because, it, you know, I didn't know, like I said, there was <laughs> no one even mentioned it to me for six months. Hmm. But, um, you know, there is free will, but it, it is very, you know, it's within the confines of what your soul has planned for you to learn pretty much, you know, how that, does that resonate. Right. I want to talk more about this as we continue talking with El Hari. She is uh, uh, the author of a book, uh, Twin Flames Exposed. And uh, I think this is uh, something that would be very interesting for a lot of folks to investigate. Uh, just, uh, I think it would, I think a lot of people are going to be curious. There's no question about it. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are here giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. 
soundcloud.com. And we are also uh, podcasting at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We hope that you will. And also hope you'll subscribe. Subscribe to these uh, uh, to these interviews uh, and, and share them. We know that people are doing just that because... Uh, well, it's um, it's one of those uh, things that people can do. They can actually uh, send uh, send a, a, a link, a repost. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't even think. Repost. That's what they can do. Repost, and we hope that you will do that. Uh, you have uh, El Hari. You have a, a lot of different things on your website as far as what's available for folks, uh, and uh, you also talk about uh, savvy spirituality, the sophisticated, fun, and fabulous person's uh, ultimate guide to everlasting happiness. Uh, I find <laughs> I actually like that, uh, and I, I'd like to talk a little bit about that, especially in the context that I I bring up with folks uh, who, um, when we talk about what is happiness, I always bring up uh, Declaration of Independence and the preamble to the Constitution that talks about those, you know, those inalienable rights they talk about, and you know, you get life, and you get liberty, and you get happiness. Oh, I'm sorry. You get to pursue happiness. You don't get it. And I'm thinking, you know, what, what were they thinking? Why can't you give us happiness? Why can't that be an inalienable right to have happiness? But uh, hopefully it's not like a carrot on a string out on a stick that's ahead of you and you never actually get it. Uh, I'm curious about what what you are talking about when you talking about, uh, when you're talking about savvy spirituality. I have an idea. I have a guess, but I'm going to let you explain it. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's the ultimate guide to everlasting happiness. First of all, I wrote it um, kind of as, as an introduction to spirituality, the universal laws. Um, I visit um, you know the law of attraction. Um, stuff and you know that which is only one of 12 basic universal laws but you know I and I, I wanted people to really get a sense if they you know might be experiencing some spiritual awakenings or stirrings or whatever and but yet they still like the finer things in life they like to travel they like to party they like to do shop do normal things you know normal things that you don't have to be woo-woo and out there and give up um you know everything that you enjoy um to be spiritual which I think is is a stereotype often applied to spirituality and being spiritual and that quite frankly spirituality is how is, is aligning closer to your soul which is who you truly are which is love and within love it includes peace and bliss abundance your passions your true soul's purpose mm. and so um happiness is really who we are and so as we can shift closer into who we truly are energetically um we'll experience happiness and contentment and joy and abundance within, and then it will start being reflected without. And so uh, that's really happiness. First, must be you must look for it within first, and then it will show without. That's another universal law, universal law of correspondence, as within, so without, which is are very familiar with that one as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, also, another universal law I have come to uh, uh, talk about quite a bit has to do with... Um, uh, exchange universal exchange there is always an exchange you cannot escape it 
uh, and it actually is tied to, uh, I think it was Einstein who said, for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. And, uh, but it ties more into the material in that um, you cannot, um, you, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. You will not receive for your work, whether it is a job or otherwise, you will receive an exchange for that, but it may not come in the form that you think. And this is, uh, I think, a big issue with people because they think, well, I did thus and such and thus and so at work, so I should get a little extra in my paycheck. And it doesn't necessarily happen that way. Prosperity or abundance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was working for a station in Phoenix. I was making minimum wage in the 80s, which was three to four bucks an hour. Uh, when I finished working there, uh, I started at 365. I ended 15 years later at 735. Okay, just barely doubled, barely doubled. Um, but what I found was that I was compensated by the universe in ways that I would never get that compensation through my paycheck. The experience, the contacts that I made doing interviews back then, even the materials, the books and the CDs and whatever else came along, the relationship that I had created. Talk to us a little bit about that aspect because a lot of people tie their quote-unquote happiness to that exchange Where's the cash? Come on, man. Where's the, the dollars? I, I need to, I, that's what I need because, you know, the electric company isn't going to say, you're not going to be able to say to the electric company, L, well, I, I, I got these books or I got these, I got this experience. Can I cash that in and pay the electric bill? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Right, right. Uh, exactly. But, you know, it's everything is energy. We're energy, we're our souls. Every. Mm -hmm. Every person, every living thing is a soul, but then everything is energy as well. Money is energy. That's all it is. That's why it's called currency. It's meant to move in a current and energy moves in current. So what you put out comes back to you. You, you, were, you were referencing, I think, um, the law of cause and effect and also the law of compensation. They're two universal laws. Yes. And yeah. And so the law of cause and effects, like the Einstein one, you know, every action has a positive or negative reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, the law of compensation is that we are all entitled to just compensation for whatever we give out. But that compensation does not have come in the same form necessarily of what we what we put out or and nothing comes as we expected. Usually, you know, like the soul will totally not, not let that happen. I found. But anyway, but you know, but it's it's all it's all the same. It's just an exchange of energy. That's all it is. It's, this whole universe is just energy. And, you know, so you put energy out, some other form of energy is going to come back to you. And, um, you know, whether that's in the form of, of, you know, something tangible or physical or, you know, not or knowledge or experience or relationship. Um, it can be anything, but it, it's, it's energy. It's all an exchange of energy. Mm. This is fascinating uh, uh, stuff to talk about. I love uh, these kinds of conver conversations. You also have Love Exposed on how to remove your barriers to love to improve your relationships and magnetize more love in your life. 
Then there's also Yes, I Can, 22 Success Secrets from Inspiring People Around the World. Boy, you are prolific as well. You also have uh, classes. You've got all kinds of different things available for folks. Uh, so we encourage you to go to her website. And, of course, the website that uh, we are encouraging you to go to is uh, meetyourtwinflame.com. Uh, BeWithYourTwinFlame.com. I'm sorry, sorry. Say that again. Be with your be, twin flame. Be with. Yes. Be with. Be Don't with. meet her, him, <laughs> them. Uh, be with. You them. You just want to be with them now. Be with them. Got it? Get over there. <laughs> and we'll continue our conversation here on Tell Me Your Story. I want to let you know, too, that if you'd like to help us out financially, we do have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours, so any amount is greatly appreciated. And when you go to send the funds, just send the funds to richard at richarddugan.com. That's the email address that they will be asking for. We are here on Tell Me Your Story talking with Al Hari. She has uh, uh, several uh, things that we are talking about here on the program, and obviously the main one, The Twin Flames Exposed, uh, which is a number one bestseller as well. Uh, we were just talking a little bit ago about uh, savvy spirituality. You have free training, the uh, five secrets to master ascension alchemy. Uh, is that uh, a process by which we can sort of accelerate this uh, this process of, uh, of ascension? Or is there a more, if you can put it in this context, I guess, spiritually, a more natural way to do it? Because I've heard it said that if you, if you take in too much information at one time, uh, not necessarily literally, your brain will explode. You can only take in so much at a time. Yes. Well, your brain, yes, this all transcends the mind. Our mind can't even conceive of all that the soul is about and spirituality is about and the universe is about. Our mind is very limited. It's limited. So um, yes, it's actually mind blowing some of this stuff. So, you know, it does, it's a, it's a process because of the mind. Otherwise, I mean, if it was up to just our soul, we'd be there right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, the soul can just make anything happen. It's miraculous. It's magic. So, I mean, we'd be there right now, but it's our mind that makes it have to be a process. And so, you know, we do have to take it, you know, I want to say, I don't like to say one step at a time because the soul isn't linear. It doesn't move steps, but for the linear, linear, uh, perspective of the mind, the mind is linear. Everything in the, in the physical world is linear. So yeah, it's like one step at a time um, from that perspective. So yes, it, it, your mind, yes, it is above your mind. It's, it's transcends the mind totally. Uh, it certainly does. Uh, and um, I'm curious about uh, experiences that you may have had. I was asked uh, I was asked by my mother a few years ago if I had ever had any supernatural experiences. And I said, well, if I have, they appear to me as just normal things. I mean, I didn't think about them. Like, let's say, let's say I was visited by an angel who didn't look like an angel, looked like us. I would have never known. But, you know, I was open to the person, you know, I was kind to them. I listened to their wisdom, you know, their guidance and so forth. And I took it into consideration and that type of thing. What about you and and uh, any any interesting and profound, I guess that's really the word I want to use, is profound spiritual experiences. Uh, or if you want to put it in the context of supernatural experiences that that you have experienced that have 
really changed the course of your life? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the one you were talking about where you were laying on the floor, <laughs> debilitated. Yeah. Something journey for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, but I'm happy you brought this up because as a result of the twin flame journey, we all have clear senses they're called, right? There are psychic senses and there's like five or six of them. And um, as a result of the twin flame journey, I, I have uh, my, my most dominant one. We have them all, but there's one that's usually more dominant or that awakens first. Um, for me and my students, a lot of my students, they've all of a sudden had clear senses awakening and they hear spirits or, you know, they, they see, they see spirits or they feel them. Um, and for me, it was, um, I'm claircognizant, which means I just get like, I just know things like, you know, questions you're asking me now that I, you know, I didn't go ever Google this stuff or look it up. Right. I just, it just comes to me. And I found out from another one of my students who actually does energy work like this. I was doing a video on my YouTube channel and I was talking about my teacher, Leora. And I was like, you know, she was very special. She would channel the archangels. I can't channel anything. And the student commented on my video says, you're channeling right now, Elle. You're channeling Leora. I can see her. She's purple. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But apparently, and she, and then I, I worked with, with this student of mine to learn how to intentionally channel. And so now, yes, I can, I intentionally channel uh, Leora, who is my teacher and savior of my life. I, and, and, and then my guides and my angels come in as well. And I can intentionally channel them. So that's about as close as I can get to that. I do have to say though, when I was growing up, it was interesting, like in high school, uh, me and like a few of my girlfriends, we, we found this Ouija board in this attic of my, of my one friend's house and none of their parents let them keep it there. My parents are like, oh, you can keep it at our house. We don't care. We don't believe in that. Anyway. So we would do it sometimes. And like, it wouldn't move for anyone except when my hands were on it, it started flying all over the place. Like we couldn't even keep our fingers on it. And it was just interesting, like how, uh, I was, that always stuck with me that somehow when I was on it, it would fly around, but when they would just sit there with it, it would just sit there. <laughs> so it was really interesting. I've never, I have never, I don't know if the right word is played with or worked with a Ouija board. I've heard lots of different stories and I don't, uh, I don't foresee it as a tool of the devil. I take the, uh, I'm not Jewish. Uh, well, I am 1% Eastern European Jewish, at least according to my DNA. Uh, but uh, I take the Jewish perspective that there is no literal physical devil, uh, but that that is the lowest base nature of man. That's what that is. And I prefer to look at it from that standpoint rather than some guy or gal out there with horns and a pitchfork or something, you know. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the other aspects of spiritual life. One of the things that we encourage people to do on this program is to spend time going within and listening to that still small voice. And uh, I'd love for you to expand upon that in light of, quite literally in light of everything that we have already talked about, whether it's the twin flame or supernatural experiences or spiritual happenings within our lives, visions, um, I mean, we could go in a lot of different directions. I won't belabor the point, but let's talk a little bit about your view and uh, its importance uh, in not just your life, but uh, maybe encouraging people to make it important in their lives. Yes. Everything happens um, in now, like when you're present. 
And I think that's what you're talking about. In order to, um, you know, listen to your voice inside, you need to be out of your mind, we call it. Um, and it's the cornerstone, it's the foundation of all spiritual practices, not just the twin flame journey, but all of them it starts with being present. Um, and you can get there through meditation. You can get there through um uh, mantras. You can get there through a lot of different ways. There's even uh, now neuroscience, scientific ways that they're able to uh, to do it. Neuroscientists can get people into the present moment, which really means we call it out of your mind. And um, I do have an out, out of your mind course. Um, it's it's a little mini course. It's actually called a class. It's called Lonely No More class. You can probably find it on my on our website. But there's a course. There's part of that is it takes you through being out of your mind and how to be out of your mind. Out of your mind doesn't mean crazy. It means that you're present and you're not in your thoughts. And then when you're there, you're just still, and then you can see your thoughts from an outside observer's perspective because we're so caught up in our heads and in our thoughts so much that, you know, we, we believe our, we believe that that's who we are, that we're our mind, that we're our thoughts, but that's not the truth. We are a soul who has a physical body and part of that physical body is the mind. And, you know, if we can see our thoughts just from a detached perspective, um, you know, we can see that, you know, everything, every, every feeling we have is based on a belief in our thoughts. Either we believe a thought we're having is bad. So we feel bad, or we believe a thought we're having is good. So we feel good, but you know, we can take charge of that. We can be out of our thoughts and just see our thoughts and not attach any kind of judgment to them, not attach any kind of emotion to them and just be, okay, that's a thought, see it and allow it to drift on by. And we don't get affected by it. We no longer will have the ups and downs and, you know, the highs and the lows that life brings us and we'll just be balanced and peaceful. And there is, is that's really your soul. Your soul is even, it's neutral, it's balanced, it's peace. And that's where you find your truth. And your truth is everything you desire. Absolutely. I want to talk more about uh, our truth with Elle Hari. She is my guest here on the program. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm glad that you are with us here on the program uh, to uh, learn and glean and be inspired, encouraged. Hopefully you uh, have a lot of fun with these programs as well. I do, uh, some more than others. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of fun in conversing and developing relationships with people, uh, which is kind of what this uh, what this life is sort of all about at one level, at one level, uh, but also getting to know self. And you mentioned you used the word truth in reference to our or my truth. Uh, I can actually say that I am a songwriter. I've written one. I've written one through a program uh, by a local uh, songwriter, singer, musician, and uh sort of the practitioner of a, a, a program called An Odyssey of Song, where uh, she takes you through the 12 steps of the book that she has so that you get to the true self, the true, the real you inside, and then you write a song. You know, whatever comes up, you know, and then that she help, she'll help you to write it, but it's, it's, your, it's your baby. That's and beautiful. so... I want to talk about getting in touch with the true self because that for some people can be scary. It can be unnerving. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like there's this shadow side that we really, you know, come on. I, I know I did that stuff, you know, but I don't want to look at it. I'd rather look at the good stuff, the happy memories and all of that stuff. 
but it's the shadow side that kind of keeps us trapped, doesn't it? How, how about that in the context of trying to find the true self? The shadow side is your fear-based energy. It only exists here in the physical world. Remember, it's a part of your soul that we have it because it's our soul to assimilate here has mm -hmm. to make polarity within, within itself. And that's fear. The soul is not fear. You are, your truth is you are your soul. Your soul is your truth. It's not fear. It's love. It's everything you desire. It's, and it's only accessed in the present moment. So anytime you're looking at, oh, I did this and, or I, you know, I, I'm so embarrassed. I did this. I'm an awful person for this. Or you're looking for, you know, I want this in the future. I don't know if I can get this. I don't know if I'm going to get that or whatever. That's not present. You're either in the past or the future. And that's the only place where fear exists. Fear can't exist in the present. So to find your truth, you need to be present. You need to find more and more times or, or opportunities or a longer amount of time during the day to be present. And that's when you are in your truth. And then when you're in that presence in your truth, that's when what you truly desire, what you truly are meant to do and be and have will start coming into your physical world. Um, mm -hmm. So any, any, any looking back with shame or guilt or regret or anything like that, that's not your truth. Anything you did, actions are not truth. Words are not truth. They're all part of the physical world. Our truth is our soul. It's, it's a state of being. It's an energy. I've got an interesting um, perspective. I'd love to have your opinion on, your perspective on it. Your perspective on my perspective. Sure. <laughs> I was challenged not long ago by a statement, well, what about your mistakes? Now, I don't know where this came from, but it came out of my mouth and it said, uh, and I said, <laughs> I said, I haven't made any mistakes in my life. I've had learning experiences. Now, there are two elements there. One is it's going to upset a lot of people because I'm saying that I have no sin. I don't have original sin. Well, the Old Testament says, the, 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 the Torah says, uh, that the sins are passed on from the father to the son to seven generations. That was a while ago, ladies and gentlemen. That was a while ago. The other part of it is this. If I haven't made any mistakes, then there's no need for forgiveness. I'm not saying anything wrong with forgiveness. But if it's just learning experiences, what is there to forgive? Especially, you know, we talk about the most important one to forgive is self. But if it's just learning, where, where is there the need? What are, what are your thoughts on that, that concept, if you will? I absolutely agree. There's nothing, everything happens for a reason. Everything happened for a reason because everything is orchestrated by our soul and our soul is perfect. It doesn't mess up. So our souls orchestrated everything in our life, every lifetime and in this lifetime. And so whatever we did, it was for a reason. That reason is always, like you said, to learn more about ourselves. That's always the reason. So um, that's, I agree with you 100% about that. Hmm. And you know, yeah, there's nothing to regret. Forgiveness is, re is really about um, letting go. It's, you know, and if you have the, the perspective, like you said, of I didn't make any mistakes, those were all learning experiences. Well, you're, you're let it go. You're not, you're not hung up on, you know, regret or, you know, um, I don't know, like feeling, you know, shame or guilt or anything like that. Right. Which you shouldn't be because it's all just a learning experience. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's 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 one that I know is a hard lesson for for some to to grasp, if you will, or concept to grasp. Uh, and yet, uh, it just seems like, I mean, I went through uh, some phases uh, back in 2017 that I really knew I needed to work through because I could not carry that, you know, that frustration and that angst and what have you because I knew that it would damage me eventually physically. That's another aspect, too, of our emotions and that we, especially guys, you know, guys don't cry, you know, and we hold it all in, you know. And yet when we want to emote, we get angry and we want to emote in some fashion by... I don't know, by, you know, tearing apart the garage or something, you know, and, you know, because we're trying to blow off steam. Now, if we could find a more appropriate way of blowing off steam, but that's what we need to do. But even the tears, we need those. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, emotional release that does that help the soul? in any? how does how if it does, how does that help our spirit or our soul to progress? I love this question. So, okay, you're right. All of our feelings are valid. We should never repress feelings. We should always feel them. And again, if it's whatever it is, if it's sadness, if it's anger, whatever, we hopefully do it in in private where we're not dumping (laughs) dumping our shit on other people. You know what I mean? Um, If we need to punch something, punch a pillow, not someone else, you know, stuff like that. But it's always important to, yes, express your feelings and feel them never repress them. But here's how, here's where you you can really make good use of these feelings. So you're feeling a feeling as you're feeling it. If you can pay attention to what thought forms come in when you're feeling that, like what is making you so pissed off? What is making you so sad? What are the thoughts in your head coming in? And if you can look at those thoughts, each thought and discount that thought and be like, like I said before, The only thing that makes us feel bad or mad or whatever is because we're believing that our thought, that the thoughts we're having about it are bad, right? So if we look at a thought, okay, say, you know, you're upset because, um, I don't know, say you're upset because, well, I'll use my example. I was upset forever because my twin flame, you know, ghosted me, blocked me and moved in with somebody else. So I have this, I have this persistent thought, oh, you know, I, I would cry all the time, cry all the time. And this thought just kept coming. He doesn't love me. He never loved me. He lied to me, all this, you know, and he's, he's never going to be with me. He's with someone else. He's with someone else. And I just had that thought running that he's with someone else. How can this be? But I was judging that thought of him being with someone else as a bad thing. When on the surface, yes, maybe um, to my fear-based energy who has an attachment to that, that physical body of my twin flame, that might be seem like a bad thing. But really, it's not a bad thing because nothing's bad. Because why? Because our soul's orchestrating it. And again, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes it's very hard to re- to swallow that, um, especially when, you know, awful, tragic things are, ha- you know, are happening. And, you know, we're not perfect. We don't have to do it all the time. And, you know, just just. For any, you know, say if you're upset or here's another example, say if you're angry, um, road rage, right? Oh, this asshole cut me off. Right. And you're just so pissed off and you go home and you're like, oh, you're like screaming in your pillow. You're so mad. You know, this, this person cut me off. Well, you're thinking, oh, that person cut me off. That's a bad thing. Well, if you can then look at your thought and tell yourself, no, that may, that, that wasn't a bad thing. You know, they cut me off, but maybe it's because that saved me from hitting the person in front of them and causing an accident or something. I mean, we don't know. We don't know, but it happened for a reason. And, you know, to be angry about stuff that 
that's happening for a reason. And most of it's like, it, again, it's not in our conscious control, right? It, things happen and we can't necessarily, con- we can't control it all. And, you know, just, just taking, separating your, your thought forms from your feelings. And then it's, when you do that and you stop judging whatever your thought is as a bad thing, and somehow whatever you have to tell yourself to neutralize that thought from being bad, all of a sudden your feelings will dissipate and go away and you'll feel good again. Hmm. Well, I would encourage people to uh, to investigate <clears throat> this whole aspect as we are talking here on Tell Me Your Story. Um, it's uh, it it is it is an it. I don't know if if we can say it could be an easy life. It isn't always, but I guess that's all based upon uh, perception, based upon definition. Um, I like to consider myself a very optimistic person, you know, I like to think that, uh, that, you know, intrinsically people are good inside, uh, but, uh, they get distracted by what's going on around them and, uh, and so forth and sometimes get stuck in their emotions. I'd like to think that things will turn out better. Uh, one of the things that I do love, uh, uh, L, is the fact that uh, when we do something different, we know we're going to get a different result, especially after doing the same thing over and over again as Einstein defined insanity. And uh, it's like with this, uh, with this uh, virus and the pandemic. Guess what? We did something different. We shut things down. And yet when the influenza rolls around every year, they hey, this, this is the season of the flu. Get your shot, you know. I can't remember the last time I had the shot, and I don't remember the last time I had the flu either. But we decided to do something different. Now, a lot of people don't like the doing something different, but we've already done it. And that means that when we come out the other side, whether you know, uh, it's going to be different. Uh, and I think it's going to be for the better. I really do. I think in the long run, it's going to be for the better. But that's that's a whole nother subject. But the whole my whole point is, I was optimistic from the get go, thinking about the opportunities that were going to be available for people uh, during this period of time that we didn't even know about. You know, I mean, I started doing video editing for the first time in my life. I mean, really doing it. And now I'm, I've got the podcasts on SoundCloud. Or and I and iTunes and all those other places as well as the videos on YouTube, so there's an opportunity I didn't see coming, you know. So yeah, it's it's sure. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if you just stay in your comfort zone, you're not growing. You have and if we're not growing, we're dying. We're, we we're energy and we're all energy. It's natural inclination is to grow and feed and almost like snowballs and builds and builds and builds. And so if we stay just safe and again, doing the same thing over and over again, there's no way we're going to get a different result because we're still staying within the confines of what's safe. Yeah. When things feel scary, that means we're, we're expanding beyond our comfort zone. And as soon as we bust through though, that, that feeling of fear, everything we want is on the other side of that. Yeah. till the next time we're meant to grow. Right. So that's, that's really uh, what you're describing here. And with the pandemic specifically, um, yeah, you know, it, what looked like a bad thing or whatever, I mean, it, it didn't, it doesn't have to be judged as a bad thing, right? Because yes, things changed and things shut down. And, but, but again, it opened up so much more opportunity and it, 
it's shaken up a lot of things. It's shaken up a lot of set dynamics and, and paradigms in, in various areas of life and governments and, you know, the world. You know, it's really shaken things up and brought so much more awareness to so many things. And that shakeup, it, it's shaken up. So people don't like that. It feels not as stable as it was being the status quo, but it's necessary to grow, to change, to bring awareness. Yeah, I love uh, people when they talk about, uh, you know, in these uncertain times. And I'm going, tell me when we had certain times. Because <laughs> yeah. everything is always changing. Now, I guess yeah. it's the degree to which it changes is more the point that things change so fast. And that's what really shakes people up. And it's the slow changes that they can deal with more than the fast ones. Uh, and, um, you know, and, you know, I, again, it's a matter of perception. I tried sitting in mass once when I was seven years old. I still remember this to this day, seven year old kid sitting there in the mass, trying to blink my eyes as fast as I could to have two identical blinks. And I almost drove myself crazy. And then it dawned on me that it is impossible. It is not possible to have two identical blinks because the universe is in constant motion, let alone every tr the trillions of cells in my body are in constant motion. And those of everybody around me are in, and the list goes on of the things that are in constant motion. Uh, so I, I gave it up. I said, uh, it's not possible. It kind of also goes to that, uh, uh, I love that, the, the, the story people tell about the science project. The scientists were carrying out, they were trying to do an experiment, and they kept getting a different result every time, and they couldn't figure out why until they started taking, uh, t taking uh, uh, stock of the people that were in the room at the time of each one. And they realized, oh, we're affecting the results. Oh, you know, depends upon your state of mind and all of the different other aspects of life, plus the fact that the universe is in motion all the time. Very interesting stuff. L. Harry is my guest, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for being with us. L. I want to uh, ask you three final questions as we wrap up this hour, and I thank you so much for giving us an hour to talk about these things, both the twin flames and happiness, uh, savory spirituality. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool, uh, as well as uh, so many of these other areas that we discussed, and I hope that uh, maybe we'll get together again and talk about some more of these wonderful, what I like to call metaphysical uh, constructs and philosophies and so forth. Sure, I would love that. Thank Great. you. Well, before I ask you these three final questions, which I do ask all of my guests, and uh, you may have answered them to some degree during the program, but I like to ask them directly, I need to address you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We're also here on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your story. We uh, uh, we do broadcast live, streaming live at 
news uh, at uh, uh, richarddugan.com, and we have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many others. We're almost to 51,000 listens as of the 1st of January 2018. Very excited about that. And uh, we are also on YouTube. We've got nearly 180 interviews posted on YouTube since July 2020. So um, that's a lot. And 16,000 views. So that's exciting, too. And 40 subscribers. So if you subscribe, you'll be adding, uh, building that number up. And thank you for doing so. If you'd like to support the work we're doing, PayPal is the place to do it. Uh, and all you have to do is put in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com, when they ask, well, where do you want to send this uh, this money? Whatever the amount is, uh, $10, $100, I'll take 1000 um, I'll put it out there. I want $1,000. But that's not a requirement. It's, it's if you're called to do so, if you're led to do so, if you feel like doing it, uh, and if you have it, okay? But don't do it if you don't have it and you don't feel led to do it, please. Uh, we also want you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, uh, where we want you to go within, spend that quiet, peaceful time listening to that still, small voice. My first of three questions to you, my guest, is who is El Hari? She's a soul, first of all. <laughs> She's a twin flame. Um, she's a mother, a teacher, uh, a coach, and a writer, and um, hopefully a leader and an ins inspirer, I guess you would call it. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I hope to um, assist humanity's ascension on the global scale and bring more awareness to the twin flame, twin flame journey, as well as um, spiritual ascension process. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's, well, they say you don't find your purpose, your purpose finds you, and mine certainly did. Mine is just doing, <laughs> being here with you, doing exactly this. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for being our guest on the program. This was fascinating. I have, I always love these kinds of talks, and I hope that uh, our listeners uh, do, did too. And we do look forward to having you back again. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much, Richard. You are very welcome. You're very welcome. And I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and this has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. Love to lull.